We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score! score! This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Bernstein at Homes, middays 10 to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. But I do know how to build a football team. Expectations are high here. Look, we're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. All right, that means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. Man, when you put it all together like that, I totally forgot about the fourth winningest franchise since 2007 thing. Steiner math? Yeah. Jim Ursay is an interesting cat, and he's he's out there apparently causing his handpicked general manager to shoot him a look with the stuff that he says at press conferences because you can hear him saying this, and then Chris Ballard, when this comes out of his mouth, Chris Ballard like spins his head around like, what do you say? Oh. We're not hiding, you know, no one can shy away from the fact what quarterback means in this league and how we have to look f- going forward where, where Shane and Chris really, you know, dig into this draft and really see where you're at. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? You know, there, there's many things you can do. Uh, they took Jalen in the second round. So, trade um, back. yeah, trade back. So, um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a Twitter freaking quote. <laughs> he, he likes picks. Uh, 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 although the Alabama guy doesn't look bad, I tell you. Um, but, uh, what the hell, man? God bless Chris Ballard because he is a guy who also says what's on his mind. So, to me, Getting the two in one room, somebody's going to say something that is absolutely indicative of what's going to happen later. And then three hours ago, Jim Ursay sends out a tweet, and it's a picture of a, a, a young Jim Ursay on a taxidermed black bear. And it says, Lincoln Park Zoo, Chicago. And Ursay writes, my relationship with the Chicago Bears goes back more than 60 years. To which I say, are you flirting with the Bears? How would that go? Hey, you up? <laughs> you Are you fired up? Hey, you fired up? You want to come up? up? You up? You want to come over? What's up, man? <laughs> it sounds like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> like, is he sending texts like late at night? Like, Ryan Pulls, you up? You want to make a trade? Let's trade stuff. Remember that time you and Lawrence were like, just wait. We're all just going to wait. Yeah, just sit back. We're going to wait. Let, this and is we're it. we're going to let the crazy start to fester. This is it. This like is- a sourdough starter, it's just going to start doing its own thing. Mm-hmm. And it's happening. Mm-hmm. Let that dough rise. Let it proof. Is that what it's proofing, right? Yeah, all of that. Okay. Let it use some air and some microbes and... Some chemical reactions. And set the towel over it, just like a we moist towel. Let it rest. We haven't even gotten to the combine yet. We're already starting to see some other quarterback movement happening. 
It's I, happening. I think I kind of like Ursay. He's a major loon, but he's as as owners go, he's he's not one of the the the, the horrible megalomaniacal plutocrats. It seems there is an element of self awareness to him, just not enough of one. But what we did determine in our pre show meeting was that Jim Ursay might take questionable routes to build a football team. One thing he does take very seriously, and you've got to give him some credit for, is how he builds a band. Yeah, it's not like Dolan's band. Jim Ursay has like real people in his band yeah he he respected the music game that's for sure he had his drummer is kenny aronoff and if you say well who's kenny aronoff you know the john cougar mellencamp's drummer the guy he he looks like schmutzy he's got the you know he's kind of rocks the horseshoe and i mean a well-known well-regarded session drummer very successful he had rem bassist mike mills Blues guitarist Kenny Wayne Shepard, Blue on Black. Mike Mills is like, I could be with one of the greatest bands of the 90s, or I could play for Jim Ursay. Well, they're broken up now. The REM's over. They're, they're, they're done, so he needs, he needs something to do. And they had Ann Wilson singing with them. Ann Wilson from Heart, one of the, one of the I- iconic rock voices of her era. I love Barracuda. Yeah, the story behind that's pretty amazing, too. Is it? Yeah, she. I, I. There was a podcast that I heard her on talking about it, and just she was. She found her her boyfriend, or her husband, was cheating on her, and she went immediately into the studio, and they had that riff, and then she's like, "All right," she like wrote it and quickly and ran in and did that, and then she, she when she starts talking about that band's descent into just a complete haze of cocaine and what it how it completely ruined them creatively. And she was very matter of fact about it. Get It's a killer riff. Oh, that's so good. Didn't they do Alone, too? I always liked Alone. Yeah, I like some hard stuff. And I like the hair. But all of that said, Jim Mercer, excellent at putting a band together. Yeah, I don't know how they sound together. It'd be talks, interesting to hear, but he's certainly got pros involved. Talks, uh, talks very casually as if he already knows the plan that they have in place. And you know what happens when you let everybody know what you're doing? The price becomes higher. Looking at some of the text where people are trying to synthesize Jim Ursay uh, <laughs> texts to write. So this to Ryan Poles. Hey! Rye guy. It just says W-Y-D question mark heart emoji. We get two emojis on the score text line now. A baseball and a heart. Hey, Rye guy. You fired up, man. You fired up. Hey, hey. Hey, Quentin. <laughs> maybe throw him in. You know, let's, let's, let's kind of deal. I, maybe he tells Ballard that he's he just arranged a deal with the Bears. I get the Bears on the phone. We're talking about the pick. So I got to talk to John McClain when I hosted Football Night in Chicago a few weeks ago. The Dean. Yes. And I was like, the general, too. That is his actual nickname. I call him the Dean because he really is. Like, he he's, that man knows everything going on at any given time about any football that might slightly be related to Houston. And that would include this conversation, actually, about Ursay. And I, I came away from that interview going, man, seven people are going to think this is really riveting. Well, it's apparently... It's it's gotten a lot of views on YouTube, but he talks about Chris Ballard and knowing him from 
Ballard's time in Texas and how he is one of those guys who speaks freely and, and shoots from the hip and he'll tell you what's on his mind. But when you combine it with Ursay, I just don't know that any secrets are going to be kept at all <laughs> when you consider the both of them. Right. I also, I really liked, for for the record, how Jeff Saturday handled that coaching decision. That was the right thing to do. The fact that he's still got a resume builder out of it, I take great issue with. But he handled it well. Yeah, it actually will lend some depth to his broadcasting, certainly, where he's, he can say, I, I coached in the NFL. You know, you can't take that away from him. If you think he was bad at it and out of his element, and out of his depth. Did you see that? Okay, don't start what? sending us the text messages that did. Hey. 309. I did not need to see that this morning. 1208, whatever. Oh, yeah, that's a little more graphic, I think. <laughs> I think that we need. <laughs> but he's going to, if it's out there, and that's going to ignite some of the, and he, the comments about Bryce Young, too. Right. Like for an owner, that guy in Alabama looks pretty good, man. You know? <laughs> All right. I can't tell if Ursa cool. is like a stoner in your interpretation. Well, he, he is. Well, probably. It, I mean, no, it isn't. Isn't he rehabilitated from very, very serious drug and alcohol problems? I don't know. That's also interesting. Yes. You know, we should just try to get him on. Yeah. No, Jim, Jim Ursa was. Should we just shoot our shot and just try to get him on while we're here issues. in this weird space? Didn't he listen to who you crapping? Yes. He used well, the term. He, I know he used the term, but does that mean he? That's what it's from. It was, I mean, that that's, it was Ditka who said it to Terry. That is a, it was a proprietary thing. So what if you guys are like, hey, we're the ones who created that term. Do you remember us? And you're like, you up? Do you I want think, to come on our radio show? I actually think I have a, a back channel contact. Do we even need one? We promoted his concert on the air. I know we've done that too. Yeah, they we like have. bought commercial time. Yeah, we have. We should. Yeah, we should. We should. I should really not say say these things in public. Like here, I am doing like the producing out loud, like on the radio. That's what we do. Whoops! We we, we, (laughs) on air production meetings all the time. I know, but I'm doing what Jim Irsay is doing. I'm giving away the secrets. You're not supposed to do that. Well, at least I'm not drafting anybody. Whatever. I do think that this is good, though, for all parties involved, except them. I just love this. That quarterback from Alabama, he's awesome. We're not hiding. You know, no one can shy away from the fact what quarterback means in this league and how we have to look going forward where, where Shane and Chris really, you know, dig into this draft and really see where you're at. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? You know, there, there's many things you can do. Uh, they took Jalen in the second round. So, trade um, back. yeah, trade back. So, um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a Twitter freaking quote. <laughs> he, he likes picks. Uh, 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 although the Alabama guy doesn't look bad, I tell you. Um, but, uh, not look bad. He just looks short. I mean, even Jerry Jones is a little more like secretive in how he says stuff. Wait, is this true? Because if it's not, it's pretty genius. Eight eight four seven. Because I work in the afternoon and I don't get to listen. He was on with Parkins and Spiegel because Shane lied and told him they were XRT. And then I guess the joke was <laughs> that they could make some trade as long as he got to that Ursay got to DJ on XRT. Why didn't we know this? We should drag it up. 
We'll find it. I'm sorry, Spiegel. I wish I had known this information. I try to keep up on Twitter in real time. And then it's the just se- harder. And now. then the 708 says, Boris and Bernstein listener with a serious drug and alcohol problem. That checks out. You're welcome here, Jim. Yeah, We right? like you. Tell us more about the things you think about this draft. Please. <laughs> I always have wanted to say WXRT. <laughs> and that's that's. Danny's laugh, isn't it? Did did Shane actually lie and, and say that? That's brilliant. That's the the account from Shane that has been told on these airwaves. Is that exa- that's exactly what happened? Man, you miss a little and you miss a lot. That was like when we had. This Tom- is what happens when I work afternoons. When we had Tommy Harris on for like forty five minutes, fantastic interview in Bourbon A. And apparently, I think I think it was Jason Goff that tracked him down. He drive around the golf cart and practice ends. He tracks him down. Like the first thing he asked him was, "Are are you are you the score? Because I don't like the score." He's like, "No, man." <laughs> <laughs> so is it okay? <laughs> and, then, and then he and he came over and sat with us for forty five minutes. It was, it was it was a phenomenal interview. Did you reveal later that you were the score? I don't remember. We. We had one year where we got all these great. Oh, I remember the year we got the all the guests. We had an intern who one day brought a friend, and this this friend was easy on the eyes, and she rode on the golf cart with the intern at training camp. At training camp, like post practice, we got anybody we wanted. To the point where the Bears sent somebody over and said, who is this person? Does this person work for the station? Like, got mad that we were getting too many guests and too many players were, like, lining up to hang out where, near wherever intern's friend was. And the Bears put the kibosh on it. They issued a credential, though? I don't know if she had a credential. I just know she was on the golf cart. Wait, how did the she? The intern had a credential. I don't know. I, I, I all, all I know is it was like... When you've been on the water for four hours and you switch from artificials to live minnows, and you just you you find you find what what they're going after that day. Sometimes you, you get the you do just get the right thing on the end of your line, and, and the bear's like, nope, knock it off, can't do that anymore. Oh, like you guys were asking him such crazy stuff, right? Well, yeah, like, probably. Like, but, but we weren't. No, but they 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 were just. They saw what was happening, and they saw all the players. I think they were worried about the players getting distracted. Different well, times, life right? is a distraction now, so whatever. Right. So but that <laughs> we got weights and fish. We got interns with friends. It was it was Johnny Cannoli too. That that was the intern. It was John, Johnny Cannoli brought a friend? Oh, and the interns had nicknames. Yeah. What was Benetti's nickname? Johnny Carmelo. Because of Syracuse. Checks out. Yep. He was Johnny Carmelo. We had Johnny Rampage. There was Johnny Jackass. <laughs> Seven Seven Three is on a roll, man. She was on <laughs> the cart. Yes, yes, that was. Well, it's not the the cart. That that was that was different. That was at the airport. That that's correct. A, we can't tell that, that story where they had to so bring. many things you can't tell right now. <laughs> the cart. Uh, <laughs> that man made a rash decision. I do want to ask you this. Do we think we're going to get more as the time marches on to April or less of statements like this out of, say, the Ursae types and those who more, want more? 
the Bears draft. Just pick. keep a list of it. Just let everybody get crazy and stupid because they do. This is how it looks. This is how it sounds. The sourdough starter is sourdough yes. starting. When it, this is exactly what we discussed. When when an owner of a team is already naming names of the quarterback that he likes, sitting next to his general manager, <laughs> we've already ratcheted up the, the 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 meter. The Bears just need to sit and and you're right. Let it let the let the dough rise. And absolutely, sit back, enjoy, relax, strap it down, whatever you have to do. And you can't, like, watch the dough. You have to go away from it. Why? You can't, like, like, keep an eye on it constantly. Like a watch pot never boils kind of thing? Yeah. You don't know when these gems are going to come out here and there from two teams in the same division who need quarterbacks, who have lower draft spots than the Bears. Baking takes so much patience. God, it's just annoying. It's also ratios. And it's, 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 it's the reliability of your oven. It's chemistry. It's it's baking sucks. You yeah, seven oh eight has a good question. We need more score tails. And apparently, I quoted Murph. How did I do that, Texter? This is what happens when you don't work here. Was, was that the same year, Murph? No, Murph didn't destroy the bathroom. Oh, that year? No, <laughs> idiot. The one thing they said you can't do in that bathroom, and then the very first day. The very, very first day of no our way. entire week. Ruined it for everybody. Just, I mean, it's just the worst. Like, we, we should have burned that whole camper down. That entire place. They're, 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 they should have called in some fast movers for a napalm strike on there. This is like I mean, napalm strike. It was so gross. It Sounds was, like this lasted for days. It did. Oh, no. They told him. They, to, they specifically said, for if you're going to, if you're going to, none, none of that in there. Got to do that out there. And he just wasn't listening. He just wasn't listening or didn't care. And it was just, it was, it was like being in the, the absolute last row of a 737 on a, on a four hour flight the entire time. Oh, that's yeah, so horrible. Miserable. It, it was, it was, it was horrible. Uh, just right about now, we're expecting to hear, no, that's in three, in 30 minutes, right? I, as far as we know, Rick Hahn is speaking now or scheduled is, to. He's scheduled to. And then apparently Mike Clevenger is going to speak as well. I my my hope is at the end of this show, like I always say about the Bulls, clarity. I, I I'd like to know more. I'd like to know what they know that we don't, and what the expectations are. What is still ongoing? What is not? What has been concluded? And why they're making the decisions that they make? So we can we can properly criticize them because right now we've got a huge gap in in knowledge. I will say this. Good on everybody who's deciding to talk today. Yeah, I guess. Well, better than not. I really I really hope we hear something significant out of out of Clevenger. And frankly, outside of all of that, that pitch clock is going to affect him specifically. Because he's one right? of those guys like Kopech, where yes. he's gotta re-energize and get everything back into him so he can get all of his maximum effort. I don't think people are gonna ask him about that to start. To say the very least, but I, there's questions for him, not just about the obvious, which is to me, number one, it's not even close. It's like one through a thousand. But then from a baseball standpoint, he's playing. I'm very curious about all that too. We're still waiting on a decision from Russell Westbrook. If he wants to play, if he just wants to sit at a beach, if he wants to play for the Bulls, we know the Bulls are interested. Well, Earlier today, the Mully and Haw Show talked to our guy, Barry Trammell, from the Daily Oklahoman, and he had some strong opinions about Westbrook and what potential fit 
might be there. So let's bring that back so you can hear the very interesting things that he said on the score. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. The next question. It's a legitimate question. Next question. No, I think we'll keep the microphone. I had a question for Steve. I had a question for Steven. Barry Trammell mixing it up with Russell Westbrook at a press conference. I love Barry. Now all I want to ask him about is this Oklahoma State turf that probably messed up Jalen Hurts' Eagles. Yeah, new rule. Don't brag about the turf ever. All of those back padding articles, this is George Toma, he's 106 years old, but he knows everything about the turf. And they, they've been working on this turf for two years, cost him $800,000. Yeah, it's the, it was awful, and it, it, it almost ruined the entire Roger thing. Bozart. No, it was George Toma. Roger knows, Roger knows what's up. Yeah, there's a fight over who's the sod father. People are calling George Toma the sod father, and we know Roger Bossard as the sod father. And it just reminded me of who the actual Bozo was. Because remember, Bozo was always Larry Harmon in New York. But in Chicago, our Bozo was Bob Bell, who became Joey Doria, but was but was really Bob Bell. And so when I heard that, that Larry Harmon was also staking claim to Bozo, it, 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 I, I didn't understand it. Now, I didn't like Bozo. I didn't care because I hated Bozo because Bozo was stupid and the show sucked and it was everything was bad about it. And Chicagoans who remember Bozo fondly can go have it. No, thank you. You're, this is just another plank at a very dangerous platform of opinions. Well, no, Bozo sucked. It sucked. It sucked. It sucked. It was Man. bad. It was bad. The Bozo Buckets game was bad. It wasn't funny. The cartoons were old and weird. 
and and, and, the, and coming on the if heels you, of Ray Rayner, Ray Rayner was was so far superior to anything. And people are like, you know, it's going to take ten years to get tickets to Bozo. Take your stupid kid to Bozo. I I don't want tickets. I don't want to go. Now I live right next to it. Damn. I, I I seriously live on honorary Bob Bell Way. It's some sort of of, of karmic balance. Dan, your Bozo opinion combined with your Nick Madrigal opinion, combined with what you told us in the pre-show meeting, combined with your Field of Dreams opinion. Well, that, this is all. If we put it all right. together, fi- oh, fine. I just try. It's gonna happen at some point, but I don't know that I need to be here for the powder keg of, of most people realize male emotional response. But, but most when you people put it all together. Realize Bozo sucked, and most Chicagoans are just afraid to admit it. Because you're supposed to like it. You're so you're just supposed to, oh yeah, it's nostalgia for when I was a kid. Not for me, because I was a kid, I thought it was dumb. And not funny. Just it just wasn't funny. There were so many funny things on television then. That wasn't one of them. And if you got all these cartoons, show the cartoons Ray Rayner shows. They, he's got the good cartoons. And you got the stupid ones, the animated bozo. That's even worse than regular bozo. The animated one with Butchie Boy, or whatever that was, a weird little sidekick. He's, eh. I mean, seriously. Come on, man. You're going to be a creepy clown and his adolescent sidekick? Well, this will be fun. This with the, the next six minutes and- of unfunny jokes. All right, so Barry Trammell. <laughs> Was on the score. I thought you meant us. <laughs> well, if the shoe fits. Uh, Barry Trammell of the Daily Oklahoman was on the score earlier, and this was his scouting report when asked about what Russell Westbrook is and has now and what he could give the Bulls. Billy didn't really mess with Russell's status as emperor of Oklahoma City. Um, <laughs> that was different, but that, I think but that's a different situation then than what I think you have in Chicago. I don't claim to be an expert on the Bulls, but that was a team that could win at a pretty high level. This Chicago iteration appears to not be that kind of roster. The the biggest thing is this, from 23 here, 23 to Russell Westbrook, say 2017, 2018, uh, that's a different Westbrook. Turns out that time, possible exception of Tom Brady and LeBron James, time is undefeated. And it has robbed Westbrook of some of the things that made him special and made him great. He's not as explosive as he used to be. He's not as physically imposing as he used to be. And that was a big part of his game. You have a very well-documented past with Russell Westbrook because he, the way he treated you uh, specifically, and, and I think that he could be polarizing. And you're right, time is undefeated, and maybe it has humbled him a little bit. But based on your experience or based on what you know of him as a person, what kind of impact do you think he would have even in a short period of time, a remainder of this season, in that locker room, in this market, on that team? Well, I think he would he would be an instigator. That might not be a bad thing with Chicago. I think he would uh, create some chaos you know, I wouldn't bring him into the Bucks or the Celtics or the, you know, the Grizzlies, you know, Denver. I don't, I don't think I'd add him to one of those rosters, but somebody that's, that should have a pulse and doesn't, he's going to change things around. There's not any question about that. Russell is a very imposing personality, and some of that is without saying a word. He just, you know, he likes things a certain way. 
and he generally gets has gotten his way. You know, I don't know if he still does or not. If he doesn't, he won't like it. So he would instigate things. He would be, uh, you know, throwing some uh, throwing some spice into the soup, so to speak. So if if Chicago is just trying to find a flair to try to get something changing, they could do worse than Russell Westbrook. But if they're expecting any kind of high level basketball improvement or basketball fix, that's unlikely. Spice in the soup. God, I love Barry. That man is nonplussed. He also had a story that it was illustrative of Westbrook's personality. The characters involved are Russell Westbrook, Reggie Jackson, and our friend Darnell Mayberry, who was his colleague then and writes here for The Athletic Now. Classic Russell Westbrook story that I tell. This is from the early days. This would have been 14 or 15, maybe 13. I can't remember. But anyway, Reggie Jackson was a young player, the backup point guard at the Thunder, and a very good player for a young guy. And we were in the uh, locker room after a game, and uh, Darnell Mayberry, who covers now, the, covers the Bulls for the Athletic, yeah. was our Thunder beat writer in those days. Darnell's on deadline. We're sitting around waiting on Russell Westbrook because he, you know, he, you get to talk to him about hour and a half after the game. He takes so long. <laughs> so the Thunder had a couple of open chairs in the locker room, chairs in front of empty lockers. Darnell sits in one and is finishing up his story, and Westbrook's sitting there finishing getting dressed, and he looks across the room and yells, Hey, Darnell, no sitting in that chair. So Darnell Mayberry gets up and sits down in the corner. Reggie Jackson, a first- or second-year player, takes his chair and rolls it over to Darnell Mayberry and says, sit in my chair, Darnell. And I've often thought of that, what it took for Reggie Jackson to fly completely in the face of Russell Westbrook. A year or two later, we realized that the two of them didn't get along, facilitated a trade out of Oklahoma City for Jackson. But I just that was very revealing to me that here's a, here's a superstar and here's a young guy just willing to buck him just because he's had enough of, of the constant mess that, or the constant personality overbearingness that Russell Westbrook brings to a place. Six weeks, maybe he wouldn't be that kind of uh, long-lasting impact, but you've got to know that's sort of what you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting is we haven't even addressed the fact that this is a man who has an established relationship with Billy Donovan. Like that That's secondary compared to the personality that he's had. Yeah, and he did not give Billy Donovan some sort of over-the-top mega endorsement either. I think, I think Barry did a nice job describing exactly what Billy Donovan is. A good coach. Oh, I'm saying Russell Westbrook's relationship with Donovan. And if we believe the... The, the reporting so far, Donovan has reached out via back channels to try to entice Westbrook to come to Chicago. I believe everything that I hear when it came to that situation in Oklahoma City, having worked with the Thunder a little bit, but still being on the outside with being adjacent where I was in Austin, just because you hear stuff when you're covering the NBA and those three teams, the Texas teams in Oklahoma City were all pretty, you know, you just... You cover enough teams, you hear about it. The Thunder played the Rockets in one of the years of the playoffs that I was there. And 
There was an article that had come out about how notoriously anti-media the Thunder were, and not the players so much as the people running it, hmm. which is... Which is a weird stance to have in that market. Correct. But they had never had a professional team. They're used to everything being run by sports information directors at the University of Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. So it was it was a very different departure. I know that they had the Pelicans for a minute because of what happened with the hurricane, but it was a different setting for them. They, so, had the, they, they did have the Oklahoma City Cavalry in the CBA during the, the heyday of the CBA. But this was a different deal. Henry Bibby coached them. Oh, wow. That's taken back a little bit. But this is a different deal. So I think the relationship with the Thunder players was more adversarial than it had to be hmm. because of how their their PR people inflated it unnecessarily. What a what a weird flex for an expansion or a team that's moving to a small market and trying to prove itself. You'd think you'd, you'd really want to ingratiate yourself. Yeah, there. and it was quite the opposite. It made them out to be the bad guys. And, you know, in college, that's run completely differently. And I think that was the preference for a lot of people. I don't think it's like that as much now. Can I ask you something? Did they hire from colleges or did they hire NBA people? I'd have to look. And I wonder I know who, who came, the people are, but I'm how many not people sure. came from Seattle. Now, granted, the Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma SID staff is one of the best in the country at what they do. And their athletic director to me was one of the best in the country at what he did, Castiglione. But just a totally different operation. You know, it's guys going off scripts, it's you getting who you're allowed to get. It's and you're seeing that seep into the NBA game a little bit, but I think that's something to also keep in mind here. I also never thought I'd say this, but after what happened in L.A., keep in mind Russell Westbrook is a UCLA guy. I ended up feeling sorry for him. What, like the Westbrook how he was, stuff? How he was treated by fans and just even some of the questions back and forth with the media. I very much think that there's truth. Uh, like, listen, he's, he can be too sensitive at times. That's 100% the case. But I don't know how you come away from that situation in L.A. and not feel for the guy. At least a little bit. Now I'm thinking about Oklahoma City again. That's the only place I ever sang karaoke. It's, 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 it can be fun. I also want to bring this up, by the way, because this is a quote that I came across during my NBA sabbatical where I didn't talk to anybody about my basketball thoughts and it sucked. Just listen to this quote on its own. Fast forward to today. I don't look like the quitter. I knew what was going on, and I just decided I'm not built for this. One of the most salient quotes I've heard in quite some time about, frankly, anything. That's James Harden talking about why he requested a trade out of Brooklyn. Read it again. Fast forward to today. I don't look like the quitter. I knew what was going on, and I just decided I'm not built for this. Okay, but that's kind of having it both ways. If you if you were just the first one to get out of there because you were able to to but, see the canary in the coal mine. But people were calling him a quitter. And I do think there's something to somebody who sees the red flags before everybody else. I am talking about a million different things right now, and I don't even care. This moment of unlikely brilliance is brought to you by James Harden. The Flaming Lips are from Oklahoma City, says the 773. All right, cool. Wayne Coyne and, and his band. That's also, oh, that was the hotel when the barrel racers were in town. 
the barrel racers will be in town in Oklahoma City. That is a guarantee. And they like to party. Can you blame them? They the, live their lives dangerously. The, the barrel racers these these were these were confident women with giant belt buckles and flannel shirts and and throwing them back. Oh yeah, I had friends who did that in high school, like growing up. Yeah, these were pros though. These were they, these were seasoned vets. With all due respect, some of my friends were. Too. Oh really? Yeah. In high school? Oh, yeah. You, oh, you start that stuff young. Yeah, they were competing for money. That would be a professional, correct? Uh, yeah, I didn't I, I didn't know. Oh, heck yeah. This, this this It was quite a scene in that bar. Like, that was like, ooh. It, was, it felt like it was like in Blues Brothers or something. But, uh, yeah, that was cool. Oh, the 309 listener is also from Oklahoma City. Rock on. Sweet. All right. I mean, awesome. I'm, I'm from Denton. It's pretty close. It's three hours. We are waiting to get word out of White Sox camp as to what the situation is or isn't, frankly, with Mike Clevenger, who is in uniform, who is scheduled to talk. According to reporters, they have been informed that Clevenger is going to answer questions. I don't know if it's how controlled any of these respective environments are going to be. Uh, Rick Hahn or elsewhere, not exactly even sure of the format, if he's going to be on a podium at a lectern at a table or just out on the field in the dugout and the crush of microphones. So that usually has something to do with it as far as how, how the questions are going to be asked and whether or not Rick Hahn is speaking for the White Sox or not, or just speaking for himself. These are all questions that for which we don't have answers. We don't. We're waiting. And now I'm trying to think if I actually want Russell Westbrook on the Bulls and I still don't have an answer. I, I, I think for a, from a content perspective, <laughs> it would be great. I really do. Sure. Especially if we when you host a Bulls podcast or co-host one and you, you want stuff to talk about that doesn't end up devolving into the same issues that we're trying to, you know, when we grab AK by the lapels and shake him and say, hey, look at your team, look at what they do, look at what they don't do over and over again. It, it, can, it can wear on you. I wouldn't mind something different, but to actually think that the the, the – the folly of Russell Westbrook here is going to do anything to radically alter their proximity to a title? Come on. I think they'd have more assists and fewer turnovers. It depends who has the ball. I know. I used to think that any Russell Westbrook team with, like, say, James Harden, there wasn't enough ball for anybody. But they they can make it work. He's made it work. Okay. You got I love more, ball. You have more confidence than I. I used to hate him. But, like, I, I can't stop thinking about it. Robert Mays scheduled to join us at the top of the hour to talk a little bit of football, but the moment we get news from Sox Camp, we will bring it to you on the score. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. This is the Bernstein and Holmes show, but Layla Rahimi is here today, and Lawrence is out. Lawrence will be back tomorrow. Uh, Layla, you, you haven't hosted a show in a while. I know. It's been a long time. I was out ill, but I am better now, and there will be people who will pay for it. <laughs> there is hell to pay. Actually, no. I feel like, uh, yeah, in a world where I feel sorry for Russell Westbrook today, uh, I, did, I didn't see that coming. Uh, we've got a couple updates. Okay. Shane just tweeted, source tells me, Mike Levenger is currently in uniform and talking with teammates. Okay. Most of whom will probably hate him. <sighs> I Because that's what happens. I'm just, it's incredibly disappointing. So there's that. 
I also see this from Ken Rosenthal, that there are teams scouting free agent reliever Zach Britton, who had a throwing session in Florida. Giants, Angels, Mets, Dodgers, Rangers, Cubs. They're on the reliever market. Mm-hmm. That's that's an interesting little note there. And, and for the whole, well, the Sox needed a pitcher crowd, I guess you just signed with the Padres. Michael Waka. Yeah, why couldn't you just sign him? To a team-friendly deal. Why not Michael Waka instead of Clevenger, why? Why in Thanksgiving do you have to run out and 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 hurry up to bring Mike Clevenger to your team, even if you didn't know all this latest from stuff from a baseball standpoint? Even if you didn't know all this, and and I know we've been discussing sort of how or what what the rules are behind this commissioner's exempt list, and I call it the Bauer list because it, it still seems to me like if they really wanted to. They wouldn't have to have Clevenger there, and he could be on this week-by-week renewal like they did with Bauer. And he was commissioner-exempt, and then they would go over it, and every Friday they would announce they are continuing the the placement on the exemption, and they went through every proper channel. That, was, it, a, that was a Major League Baseball decision, right? Correct. MLB was the one making it, and I think that's the difference here. So I'm wondering, MLB's holding all the cards here. It's it's not a law enforcement investigation. It's MLB's investigation. The fact that they are letting this play out, it means that they're telling the White Sox something that we still don't know. They know something that we still don't know about the course of their investigation. And I think that's that's what we're trying to figure out here. We will obviously know more, ideally, within the hour. But trying to figure out Because we know this investigation began over the summer. And we know that the Padres knew that's been reported by the Athletics' Katie Strang. So trying to figure out how the space in between from when he became a free agent to now happened and when the Sox found out, that's that's the interesting part to me. And obviously everything changed with social media posts. Yes, and his his uh, ex-partner has definitely been posting even today. So this is from James Fegan. And Ken Rosenthal on February 15th. And here's here's something to note regarding administrative leave. So news of the accusations against Clevenger first became public that month when the MLB investigation into his alleged conduct was reported by Brick Garoli, also of The Athletic, and Katie Strang. The accusations in the league's investigation date to last summer. In other instances, such as allegations against Trevor Bauer, Marcelo Zuna, and Starling Castro, for example... MLB placed players on administrative leave to hold them away from from participating in games while investigations were completed. But a major league source indicated to The Athletic that administrative leave is typically deployed in response to new information and allegations coming to light. Well, couldn't wouldn't new information be the fact that his former partner did post things on her uh, Facebook or Instagram or wherever it was? I'm not that, sure. That's that's new. I mean, that's timestamped. Or is it new? Is it that's new information related to a current investigation that they know about or a current incident? But perhaps that's not new. Rick Hahn says it's the team. He used the words "only option" to let the investigation play out and wait for a decision from the commissioner's office. Here's another important piece of this. Per the MLB, MLBPA, Joint Domestic Violence, Sexual Assault, and Child Abuse Policy, the MLB Commissioner's Office holds sole authority to discipline players for violating the policy unless it transfers the authority over to the team. Unless, 
which we assume has not been done yet, correct? We presume that. If if, if that jibes with what Han is saying. For the White Sox, that likely means waiting until the conclusion of the investigation for word from the commissioner's office on what it is to follow. In the meantime, Clevenger will prepare for the new season with his new team. Okay, I, I just think that the if 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 MLB in the course of this months long investigation, if they were aware that that stuff more stuff was going to get out, like maybe some of the the extra Bauer accusers caught them off guard that they thought they were dealing with one, and then when they were dealing with more, who said, you know, wait a second, and all the hands coming up in the air. That it, perhaps if there isn't anyone else involved, that's not new information that would trigger their action. It just there's so much missing here. Well, there's so much we don't know. And let's let's run the algorithm, so to speak, right? Let's run through the outcomes. Say he's found to have not violated MLB's policy. Okay. I don't feel any better about this. And we should mention we were curious about the setup. They, Rick Hahn, according to a picture that Paul Sullivan just shared, Rick Hahn is sitting on an aluminum picnic table. On, he's sitting on top of the table with his feet on the bench of the picnic table. And there are TV microphones that are, are put together, elevated in front of him with everybody else's recorder sort of set uh, next to him and around him, it appears. He's got a light, dark, uh, light weight, dark white socks jacket, khakis, and I think those are Allbirds because I don't think you can be a Major League Baseball executive and not wear Allbird shoes. So that's that's what we got. He now has said there was no way for us to be aware of this incident due to the confidentiality issue of the investigation. That's just not true. We have audio from Katie Strang saying otherwise. That is just not true. There is a way for you to be aware of the incident. There is. Talk to people. Ask around. People knew. We know it from reporting here. We know it from what Danny Parkinson said. The people have told him. What Matt Spiegel has said. The people have told him. When he, it's just you can say you weren't aware, but don't say there was no way for you to be aware. That, that I don't buy. We'll have more. He is uh, talking to the media. Clevenger expected to speak as well. Robert Mays is slated to join us with some bear stuff. I got a lot of questions for him. Good. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.